Hello and welcome to a very angry episode of XM Cinema. That's right, today I am angry. And today we are going to be discussing this entire week of Enzo's HOH reign that started out meh, then the midway was meh, then it just exploded at the end and there was hope for the world. And then all hope was taken away. Like a Dementor just just, just flew across the U.S. And our television screams, 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 robbing us all from life. But before we get to this podcast, wherever you're listening to this, go ahead and hit that subscribe button for me. Also, follow me on my social media at XM Cinema on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. So before I get into why I'm so upset, is let's talk about how this week started. Okay, so Enzo is our HOH. He nominates Kaser and Kevin. All right, he tells Kevin that Kevin is a pawn. No, he likes Kevin. Okay, that's truthful. He, you know, he he went to bat for Kevin when, you know, I think somebody had brought up that, you know, he's he, he could potentially go home. But he's like, no, 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 no. I don't want that to happen on my HOH. We fast forward to, I don't even think there was, was there a competition this week? No, there was not a safety suite competition this week. Uh, we go to the POV competition, um, which honestly was pretty much made for Kevin. Uh, because Kevin has such a you know small frame and he's very flexible. I, I'd say it would come down to him, Bailey, and probably Tyler. And then I found out, who was it? Um, somebody's a yoga instructor or whatever. So I was like, okay, wow. Um, pretty good competition. But it actually ended up coming down to David, shockingly, and Kevin. So I'm going to talk about this for a second. I'm going to talk about David for a second. I'm tired of every time I see David on my screen, he is sad. He always has this sad aura to himself, like, at first, I thought it was like, you know, kind of innocence, you know, kind of, you know, you know, hey, I'm just happy to be here, guys, you know, like kind of kind of like that. But like, it's literally like sometimes when I see him on my screen, I just like just, I don't know, I just, I just lose all hope for a moment. But I will say I was very, very proud of David getting down to the final two. David proved himself that he can be a cop beast in endurance comps. So... I'm excited to see when we have the next endurance comps because I think that David is somebody that can probably flip to the underdogs. Now, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I have always been a person that roots for the underdog on these shows. So usually when there's a big, massive core alliance, they're usually always the bad guys. Like, they're usually always the bad guys, and those are the people that, like, I'm like, ah, let me root for the underdog. So... I'm rooting for the other side of the house. This is going to be your bay, your day. I'm rooting for David because David doesn't realize he's really on the side of the house too. Let's be real. Kevin, uh, once they realize it, Christmas. kind of want to say Nicole, but <laughs> Nicole should be at the bottom of the list, but she's, she's actually quite on top. So, 
let's get into things going into this eviction episode. Uh, but before that, I just want to point out, um, I know usually I try to do three podcasts a week, one for each show. However, um, I do have another podcast called Saturday Night Slamcasters. Uh, it's a wrestling podcast, so it generally requires me to watch a lot of wrestling. Um, and there was a lot of wrestling last week with uh, the WWE running the pay-per-view on Sunday, so I wasn't able to live tweet. Um, and then I felt by the time I would have put a podcast episode up, it would have been too long from the episode airing. Uh, so... Um, but I think we're just going to kind of play it by ear because maybe we'll just do a once a week thing. And that way, maybe they can be a little bit longer than they have been. We can talk about everything as a whole versus all the parts. But, you know, we'll see how this goes. Uh, but now let me get back to what led up to this week. So I try to pay attention to the feeds, feeds as much as I can. And I try to follow things on Twitter. And apparently they had an incident the other day with a wall yeller that apparently was able to, because uh, if you don't know already, Big Brother is on a like soundstage, so it's outside. So there's been incidents where people have done this before where they'll try to get as close as they can and try to yell information to the people in the house to try to, you know, manipulate the game a little bit. There's been times where I think they had like uh, one of those airplanes with a message flying behind it to alert uh, people that was going on in the house. And I know production hates it, but I absolutely love it because it's usually always something to help out the underdogs, the people that are being beat down and abused. And that's exactly what's happening in this game because I'm going to take Bay and Davon, for instance, okay? Now, Davon especially, she puts her foot in her mouth a lot. I, I will admit that. Bailey's trying to play a more quiet, more reserved game, but sometimes she gets put into situations because of Davon. David is kind of like, <laughs> I don't know where David stands right now because he got in trouble for um, – you know, running and telling Davon what Tyler said when Tyler said don't tell anybody and then tried to play it off like, you know, it was, I don't necessarily say it was an accident, but, you know, he, he tried to, you know, play it off like, you know, they beat it out of him basically, but that wasn't the case. What's starting to happen now, and I figured this was going to happen sooner than later, just because the sheer number of people that's in this big mega alliance. So you have this, and somebody described it on this on this episode, it's kind of like a, it's an octopus or a tree or whatever. So there's like the main alliance and there's all these sub-alliances. Uh, you know, you have Enzo and Cody, that's a core two. Um, they want to do a core three, according to this episode that just aired with Tyler. Danny outs the uh, it's not the sinister six but it's the something six alliance she accidentally outs them by coming in to tell tyler that uh davon wanted a meeting with nicole sitting right there so he tries to play it off because of course nicole doesn't know about that alliance but you know she knows about the other 14 that she's in same thing with enzo you have a scene where cody comes out to Enzo about having another alliance, and Enzo's like, well, that's cool, because, you know, I got alliances too, so, you know, it is what it is. And I'm just like, really? Like, I didn't think Enzo would really take that well, because 
I don't know. I guess I don't get why he trusts Cody so well. But it's kind of like the same time when Cody and Derek Lavasser were making their way through their season. Cody's going to end up in that same situation again. I'm sorry. If he makes it to the end with Enzo, he does not win. He does not win. But I'm assuming he figures that he can take him as far as he can and then drop him off somewhere, um, you know, once it gets down to maybe the final three or, or not the final three, probably the final four, probably get rid of him, carry somebody else with him. But they're playing this game where they're getting rid of all these quote-unquote floaters. Why would you get rid of the floaters? These are the people that you can easily beat in competitions. These are the people who cannot pose a threat to you because you're better at competitions than they are. So what? You get rid of everybody that's weak in the game so that you're only left with the strong people? Then you're all like crabs in a bucket, in a barrel. You know, eventually somebody's going to get out. Somebody has to win the game, but it is going to be a bloody massacre the entire time because they're only going to be Good players versus good players. I mean, I thought the point of this game was to, you know, acquire shields and, you know, hide, you know, hide behind those shields as you play the game and, you know, dodge bullets. And so they're just like, nope, we're going to get rid of all the floaters and get them eliminated. And then it's just going to be us and it's going to be all happy trails and skipping and margaritas and no no that's not how this game works man somebody needs to say okay wait so I, you know, hold on i talked about the wall yeller let me tell you what the yard yell the yard <laughs> can't even talk the wall yeller said they shouted out basically that cody and nicole are running the house and there was some people outside, which I believe it was Cody who heard it in. I believe Kaser was outside and started smiling because he saw this as an opportunity. Um, and then, of course, they quickly, you know, ran around the house, of course. So, apparently, you know, Cody was very, very upset about this. Now, granted, this is not aired. CBS wouldn't air anything like that because then people get the ingenious idea of, Hey, I'm going to go down to the wall and I'm going to yell things out. You know, they don't want to make it, they don't want people to know that that's an option. So I get it, CBS. But I love that this happened because now I think that everybody is, is, is going to be playing a little harder. Now, the way they decided to do it in the edit is they made it seem like Ian came up with this idea out of nowhere. So we get a scene where Ian is talking to Bailey. Uh, no, first he's talking to Kevin first and was like, don't you notice all these groups in the house? And he's like, yeah, and don't you notice that in most of these groups, there's certain people that are in certain groups? And he was like, yeah. You know, they pinned on Nicole and, and, and Cody. And this, uh, he, Ian was talking to Bailey and trying to rope Bailey in. And, you know, Bailey is like, uh, Danny. I think she said Danny. And then somebody said Nicole again. So all of the, I don't want to say floaters because a lot of them are floaters, but a lot of the floaters are like, yes, I see that this powerful alliance is growing. Not really sure who's in it or not, but, you know, I recognize that this is going on. So 
Kaser, uh, who has been telling everybody since the beginning of time, hey, there is an alliance in his house, even though he was right about four of the six of the alliance. But one of the people he was talking to was Memphis, who was in the alliance. So that kind of screwed his game up. If he would have known Memphis was a part of that alliance, he would have been way better off. But, I mean, he went and ran his mouth to, uh, to Memphis, and then Memphis is kind of like, hey, this guy named almost everybody in this alliance. He needs to go. But in any event, Ian comes up with this idea, and he's like, you know what? Kaser would be the perfect person to light this house on fire. You know, and if he goes, you know, if he goes home, he goes home, but at the same time, he'll be able to start some stuff up before he goes. So then here we come to eviction. Um, they do their speech and Christmas gets up and does her corny speech. Um, and then, you know, the, I, I know I'm not going home speech bullshit. And then, excuse my language. And then we... Uh, get Kaser's speech. Kaser basically stands up and, uh, and <laughs> outs all of the alliances in the house. Um, and tells people like, hey, if you want to make this game exciting, keep me in. Uh, so you get a whole lot of uncomfortable looks from Danny, from Tyler, from Cody. It was, it was, it was a great moment. Uh, and then they proceeded to vote him out uh, unanimously. So Kaser leaves the house. He's sitting, he's talking with Julie Chen, and Julie tries to kind of break down, you know, what was going on while he was in the house. And they talk about that, you know, who he thought was in Ultron 4, him being right, but there actually was another two. That's when they found out that it was Memphis. He was like, oh, wow, that was that was a nice blind side. And then they got to talking about the reasons why Kaser was in the house. And Julie asked him, he was like, she's asking like, did you come into the house more, I don't think she said like a political statement, but more of a, um, not really for the money. And he was like, you know what, production's probably going to get upset by this, but I didn't come here for the money. You know, all of the stuff they talked about, about social injustice and racism and um, all, all that stuff that's going on right now. And he just started talking about those things. And it, it made me feel warm and fuzzy inside because I've always been a fan of Kaser. And I couldn't put my finger on it. Why? But I realized tonight that is because he is probably the most genuine person in the Big Brother house. Or probably on Earth. And he's always been that way. Also, I think he's kind of... He, he's, he has this reputation from his first season. Because he, he did have a pretty decent alliance. However, they never really had the numbers to keep it so you know he was one of like i don't want to say the first people in that big alliance that it was him janelle um and some others but he ended up going home and i think he's always went home pre-jury which i guess is a great thing because then you get to go home you don't have to sit there and you know deal with the stuff and sequester but anyway Case is a great guy. Um, I, I don't see why anybody would not want to align with him during the season uh, because he's a great guy to hang around. Um, now, granted, I wouldn't take him all the way to the end. I know that sounds dirty, but Case is not a guy you can take to the end. But 
I think he's a guy that's honest, truthful, that will have your back until it's time to not have your back, which I don't think would be early at all. So uh, he proceeds to leave. He hugs Nicole F., who gives this really awkward, funny face. Um, same thing with Danny. It's just, this is them being the 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 ladies that they are, you know. Um. Oh yeah. So he has to talk with Julie, and that's the end of that. We go to the HOH competition. So this HOH competition was very interesting because. In my opinion, and it just depends on how close that these people are paying attention, it kind of drew a line in the sand with certain people in the house. And because the way the HOH played out, uh, I think it's going to leave a lot of people exposed. Um, I think this season is about to get boring again. Well, it, it's actually kind of been a little bit boring ever since they've been put in. Ever since they put Janelle on the block this season, I think has went downhill fast, and I think it's going to continue to go downhill. So the HOH comp is one of the HOH comps where uh, Julie asks you a question about something, and then you have these three options, and you got to ring in one of them. So what it was is they put up, I don't know if it was like 12 or 18, but pictures of the house guests with different filters. Um, So, you know, some of them had hats and, you know, green skin and stuff like that. And what you'll do is you ask you a question like, how many of these people have hats on? More or less or exactly six. And then you have to hit either more, less or exactly. All right. So it first starts off with a random draw, which puts Kevin versus Ian. But that was kind of like, ah, here we go. We got two people that I really want to see, you know, make it to the end of this at the beginning. Uh, Kevin advances uh, with Ian. He picks Cody and Nicole. I commend Kevin on this because he is going right for the juggler for that other side of the house. Cody advances versus Nicole. He picks Davon and Kevin, which kind of tells you, you know, they're on the other side of the house compared to him. That kind of, you know, exposes them a little bit. Uh, Davon advances. She picks Memphis and Cody. Good job, Davon. Uh, Memphis advance. He picks Danny and David. Uh, Danny advances. She picks Davon and Bailey. So you can kind of see that they're kind of going back and forth nominating. I don't want to say almost the same people, but a certain group of people, you know, so that obviously exposes what's going on. I just hope people keep their eyes open and actually see it. Uh, but you have Devon advancing over Bailey. She picks Memphis and Danny. Uh, Memphis advances. He picks Davon and Tyler. Devon advances over Tyler. She picks Christmas versus Memphis. Now, this is where it kind of takes a turn. Christmas advances over Memphis because Memphis just hurry up and presses a button, hoping that he'll get the right answer, but it was wrong. So Christmas goes to the next round uh, against Devon. Now, 
I am absolutely rooting for Devon because Christmas does not interest me at all. I do not want to see a Christmas HOH. Nobody wants to see a Christmas HOH. I remember when Christmas was in her season and people were talking about, oh my God, I hope we don't get a Christmas HOH. Well, Devon hits the button too fast. She hits the wrong answer. Christmas is our new HOH. <sighs> At that moment, you hear hundreds of thousands of Big Brother fans across North America sigh in sadness. So, we're going to get a Christmas HOH next week. Um, they're probably going to target Day and Devon because those are the easy outs. She's not going to target anybody bigger than her. But Christmas has to realize that she is not in the middle or the top of her alliance. I don't think anybody's going to bring her as far as Paul did, as far as uh, Paul and Josh did. I don't, I don't think that happens this time. So if she's smart enough, she could band these people together and go after the top dogs. Because if she gets the top dogs out, then guess what? She's the top dog. But that's probably not going to happen. She's going to take the easy way out. She's going to nominate Dan Devon. I will bet my last dollar on that. Now, the only possible saving grace for this being a total disaster of a week is if I don't want to I don't want, I don't know who, but if the right people win the Big Brother basement competition. So they announced that this week, and basically this is a competition that's going to be done in the dark. They showed us the room, and there's like, I don't know, like stuffed animals and cubes and stuff around or whatever. It looks kind of like the uh, elimination that David got eliminated with uh, last, was it last season he was in? Last season or the season before that that he was in that he uh, went home first. Uh, so, yeah, this, this this is gonna be a long week, I'm afraid. I think it's over for either Bailey or Devon. Apparently from what I've been hearing is that uh Bailey kinda put her foot in her mouth and then Devon went and accidentally put her foot in Bailey's mouth too. It, it's just a mess. But yeah, that's the recap of this week in Big Brother. We got a Christmas week, everybody, so uh, strap in your seatbelts and grab your pajamas and pillow because you're going to get some good sleep because this is going to be boring. Until the next episode, make sure you guys take care of yourselves and each other. Hit the subscribe button, XM Cinema. Talk to you later. Peace.